children of all ages welcome to the conspiracy castle i'm your conspiracy asshole primetime 99 alex Stein, and we have a very special guest he's not only a delegate in the libertarian party he's the host of the naturalist capitalist he's a well-spoken guy he's well known on the internet and especially on twitter he speaks his mind and that's why i like it so much reed welcome to the conspiracy castle how are you doing this evening my friend I am doing well, Alex. Thank you for having me on. This is great. Okay. Well, dude, I had to have you on because you're a fellow Fox News uh, veteran. You know, I saw you on the Kennedy show and I was like, man, how can I get on Tucker so I can be Fox <laughs> News affiliated like my man Reed, dude? So uh, and real quick for the people watching at home, um, tell us, how did you, and I, obviously you've done way more stuff than that, but how did they reach out to you? Because when they when when they reached out to me, I thought they were trolling me at first. So did you know it was legit or did you think you were getting trolled and they asked you to be on Fox News at first? Well, first of all, I've only been on uh, Fox discount Fox, discount thing, Fox News. You yeah, you've I been mean. on like real Fox News, so you know it's not quite the same. But yeah, I have a friend who goes on Kennedy quite a bit, and she shouted me out uh, during the Canadian trucker protest because I'm a truck driver, obviously. And so then they asked her, "Hey, we want to have that guy on the show." So then they sent me an email. So I I knew it was official from the beginning. But I don't know about you, man. I know you've done a lot of like speaking and being crazy in front of people but i was terrified when i went on kennedy live my heart was pounding out of no! my chest and... with kennedy she's so nice like i wasn't oh, really dude, it didn't matter <laughs> i was still scared see i was just so excited because i felt like oh man i'm gonna get to have a platform i'm gonna say the mockingbird media i'm gonna say like i like had this whole thing and i was just worried about not having enough time so i really wasn't nervous i was just more like wow tindor super chat already thank you so much relief socialism um but this is what i want to say so you were nervous when you went there but but you were in like a studio looking at a little screen with an earpiece in right Right. Yeah. I mean, I've done, you know, hundreds of podcasts and been in front of like over a thousand people live before. But, I, you know, TV is just completely different. You know what it's like. I was just staring at the camera with the bright lights on me. And um, as the clock was getting closer, I was like, OK, OK, 
control your breathing, you know, like it's going to be fine. And then they're like 15 seconds. And I was like, Oh God. And I just like, <laughs> I, I, my, my heart was beating so hard. I didn't know if I was going to be able to speak. And luckily Why? Ray, you're, such well. a, yeah, dude. you're such a cool customer. I would have <laughs> never thought, no, seriously, I would never thought. And like a lot of people don't realize that I saw you tweeting and I loved it, how you were making fun of people that can't drive a stick shift. And I'm, I hate to, you know, you know, be such a stereotype, but I'm a used car salesman. Really. I'm in the wholesale side. I buy cars and I sell them at the auction just because I hate dealing with retail customers. But I have to know how to drive a stick. But most people don't. Like it's almost an right. anti-theft device. But I can't drive a big rig. So, uh, so tell us a little bit of different. Of, and this is probably boring to some people. But like, what's the different of the gears in, on your truck than like a normal truck? So there's a lot more. You know, yeah. it could be an 18 speed, 15 speed, 13 speed, 10 have? speed, 8 speed. I have an 18 speed because I do the heavy haul stuff. Um, but have you ever lost a clutch? in a car and then tried to shift it like while you're going down the road. A hundred times. That? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I burned yeah, out so you, clutches. Yeah. I'm trying, come on. You're already talking about it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like that driving a truck. Like if you are just going down the road and you're in 17th gear and you're like, Oh, I just want 12 and you press the clutch in and you just try to jam it in. It's just going to grind. Like you have to feather the throttle and get it to like ease its way in. And that's how you drive. So it's like driving a car without a clutch with a little bit more play than you have in a car because a car is not designed to do that. So, Wait, when so you there's do a no car, clutch. Wait, real quick. There's no clutch to, to shift gears. When you shift it, you're just shifting on feel, I guess. I mean, what, how does Well, it- there is a clutch, but you only use it like if you're at a complete stop to put okay. it in gear and hold it in. But once you take off, like, mo- I mean, you can use the clutch, but it doesn't help that much because it doesn't like just put it into gear. You have to have the RPMs matching your road speed or whatever. So you got to just kind of feel it all the way through. Wow, guys, for y'all playing at home, Reed's a real man. He's not one of these bitch-ass guys who drives an automatic. You know, he's not one of these Elon Musk trying to make, like, an electric uh, uh, 18-wheeler. Are those going to be automatic? Do you know? What is the deal with those, the electric 18-wheelers? I don't think they have gears. I think it's just one... Like one sprocket. I don't think they have like different selections. Kind of slow, but like, let me just kiss your butt a little bit more. So this guy's an actual man. He drives a truck and he does a podcast. And I saw you kind of tweeting about how hard it is. This is the thing as a content creator, people don't realize it takes a lot of time. Like, you know, I'm, I'm so honored for you to come here and give me an hour of your time. But for people that have scheduling stuff, you work and you grind harder than most people I see on the internet. But I, I guess to all this, my point is, you know, we pulled up and I could pull it up, but I guess maybe I'll just encourage people to go there. But really, you were actually protesting in 2003 as a young man. So I'm saying you've always been kind of fearless. Like, that's why I'm surprised Kennedy even had you shook because you're kind of a little shit stirrer. And I mean that in the best way. Like, I'm a shit stirrer, too. So I'm surprised that, that you would even be like a little shook. So I guess when did you like how did you become so awake to like knowing the government's bull, bull crap and how wars are stupid? Well, my parents were always anti-war, but they were also pro-life and, you know, just kind of traditional conservatives who hated war. So they had like no nowhere to go. Right. Like uh, because the libertarian movement didn't really exist back then to the degree it does now. And also they weren't libertarians like they were conservatives. They just didn't believe in bombing people. So there was an anti-war seed planted at an early age. But. When I got into middle school and high school, I sort of threw that aside and was just kind of digging into the neoconservative roots. I liked, uh, you know, Mike Huckabee and Mitt Romney and, uh, you I know, love just Sarah like, Huckabee Sanders. Like she's a, she's a pig, but man, I would bang her so hard. Cause she's so hot. She's hot. Cause her personality. Go ahead. Sorry. But, uh, yeah. And once I graduated from high school, 
I actually went back and was watching because uh, I, I graduated in 2012. I went back and was watching uh, Ron Paul's 2012 debate. Who you just had on moments. your show. That was oh, I just I mean, had on he, my show. Yeah, that's epic, guys. Everybody needs to go check out Reed. The link is in the description. You need to go check out his channel, The Naturalist Capitalist, and check out his interview with Ron Paul because, I mean, for the libertarian movement, there's nobody better. And for any movement, I mean, just at the end of the day, Ron Paul is a guy that's been speaking truth for forever. He's been going after, you know, basically the military industrial complex and realizing that, like, the misappropriation funds of our taxes, it's all bullcrap. So I really, uh, you know, kind of, you know, worship at the altar of Ron Paul, but you just had him on your show. But go ahead. So how did Ron Paul kind of wake you up? Well, before Ron Paul, I've been working from an early age. Like when I was 16, I started working full time during the summer and then after school, uh, during school days. And pretty quickly, I realized like OSHA and all these bureaucracies, they didn't actually keep us safer or make work more efficient or protect the environment, any of that stuff. So then I started thinking, well, you know, if it's this disorganized at this level, probably the military and the CIA and the FBI and all those organizations are big mess too. So that's when I started looking deeper, kind of watched Ron Paul videos, found out about his son, Rand Paul, and that was it. I was brought into the Liberty Movement back in 2015. You know, I was actually recruited to be Rand Paul's neighbor and assault him, but I didn't. I actually decided to. I passed on it. It wasn't a big enough offer. The, no, the but, grass clippings don't really like get y'all riled up. Or. <laughs> no, but but you know, we can joke about like you know Rand and Ron, and like that's the problem with the libertarian parties. People actually make fun of it a lot because oh they can't win, but that's not your fault. It's it's because we have a rigged two party system. I because I consider myself kind of a liberal libertarian in a way. Like I and really, I guess I would classify myself more as a populist only because i think like in a way kind of that's what the libertarian movement would be too like you would kind of go like whatever i guess the group consensus is or am i wrong with that is that kind of like like you wouldn't have laws but you would have community members that decide stuff so i guess you would kind of you would vote you would have it would be kind of a democratic am i wrong in that in that uh assessment no i don't think so it'd just be very very decentralized yeah. but when you have communities or towns that want to live a certain way you can't impose your will on them and in fact I'm kind of an extreme libertarian. I think if California wants to become a communist hellhole at this point, I just say, go for it. I don't care. Like get as authoritarian as you want. Everyone's going to leave. You're not going to have any business there anymore. You know, all the rich people are leaving. All the sane people are leaving. Like they're going to run themselves dry and then they're going to have to do some self-reflection and decide, all right, if we want to have business here, um, then we need to, you know, adjust the way we're acting. But especially if we killed you know, the money printer and the, the federal government bailing out California for its stupid decisions, if they weren't able to do that, then they'd really have to cater to the rest of the country. So, you know, I think that would be the solution. No, and to two two things, I hope I don't get forget, forget my point, but it's like, you know, you look in 2008, I know you're a really young man then, and I was pretty young, but not as young as you, but it's like these banks gave out phony loans on mortgages that they knew people weren't going to pay. And then when that happened, we bailed them out. But yet if you and I didn't pay our taxes, they would consider that tax fraud and throw us in jail. So it's like, you know, it, it's really this this system that we have is totally, you know, they got their thumb on the scale and it's rigged against us. But at the same time, to, to your point, I actually agreed with that. Like in my mind, I don't really didn't really necessarily like the pandemic measures in certain places. But I thought, hey, there's Texas, there's Florida. If it's that bad, go to places like there will be freedom. There will be outlets for us to go and be more free. But it just so I guess you're right. Like let California be a hellhole. And then if people realize it sucks. They're going to it'll self-correct itself. And uh, um, 
the, the, when we say that, though, it's like, you're right, you know, California fail, and then we're just going to have some government bail them out, bail out Gavin Newsom. Exactly. So that's where we're really screwed is that they don't have to pay the same consequences that a human has to pay. So what is your take when it comes to the multinational corporations that rule the world? Like I talk about that a lot, but you look at like legislation now. We talk about the current system we have. If you want to get something passed, you and I could never do that. But if you're Apple, you can get legislation. You can outsource half your employees. You can do yada, yada, yada. So I guess what is your opinion? Do you think that we're currently being run by or by companies instead of human beings? Do you agree with that? Or what's your take yeah. on the multinational corporation problem? Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, <clears throat> you know, big business and big government, when they get together, they just make each other stronger and they scratch each other's back. And this all kind of started or it didn't start after the Civil War, but it started getting really bad after the Civil War with Reconstruction. And, you know, a lot of the big monopolies that we are told came out of a free market system. It really didn't. It was because the government was subsidizing the railroads, subsidizing all these different industries and made them so big. Um, and that's what we've had with the banks. Like you mentioned, it's the same with the military. Uh, if you go back and look at the covid bailouts over the last couple of years under both Trump and Biden. I mean, a majority of it goes to the big companies. It doesn't go to the people to help them. The, uh, the, the relief bill in December of 2020 that passed, it was, I think, $2.4 trillion. And I believe roughly $180 billion was direct stimulus checks to people. The rest was going overseas. It was going to corporations, the military, special interests. It's just insane. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people, a lot of progressives, they think that the problem is big business. And then a lot of conservatives think it's just big government where it's really both like, and to reduce the size of big business, you reduce the size of the government. Because if you have, if you try to just reduce the size of the businesses, they will still find ways to influence the government, get their favors done for them, where if you reduce the size of the government, the businesses don't have the same uh, agency to inflict their will on whoever they want because there's no force behind it anymore. So I think to bring this back, we have to decrease the power of the state and then the power of the businesses will naturally decrease afterward. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's like we do have a little too much government intervention. Uh, but but to that point, too, like this is why uh, this is like, I guess, where I lean conservative sometimes is I'm in the car business and there is some sort of protection for the buyers and obviously dealers can subvert this. But I had to tell you that, you know, the car is either sold as is the issues or I'm going to give you a fully guarantee with a, you know, a, a, a you know, valid inspection. So there is some sort of stuff where it's like the government, I guess, could help us. But sadly, the government is idiotic. They're autistic. They, they are, you know, they're not able they, you know, we're, we're wasting all this money, you know, fighting these wars for bankers over imaginary lines drawn in the sand. And then if you say you're a nationalist, you're a white supremacist. So it's very right. weird. Like you're talking about funding in two in, in, in less than 24 hours. They can find a trillion dollars to basically go fund the war in, in the Ukraine and give them 16 billion dollars or whatever they carved out for them. But they they argued for six months to give us six hundred dollars. And you as a working man, you grind it out. You know, six hundred dollars isn't even a week of your bills. So it's just, you know, yeah. they, they can they pee on us all day and tell us it's rainy. And the fact that anybody cheerleaded, well, I got six hundred dollars. I hope you bought a PlayStation. I hope you bought something that lasts because that's not crap. That's not at the end of the, you know, the, at the end of the day, $600 is a drop in the bucket of what it costs to be a citizen in this current age. So, you know, it, it just makes me sick though, is that people can't see this read. Why is that? Why, how do we wake people up? I'm trying to use humor, but how do you think we wake people up to the, 
to the evil, you know, companies and the technocracy that's kind of ruining our happiness. Yeah, I just want to say I paid 20 grand in uh, federal income tax in 2019. <laughs> and then I didn't even get a stimulus check in 2020 because I made too much money. <laughs> so wow, like, so oh, wow thanks, a, guys. You, That's great. <laughs> you didn't even get a check. I, I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, uh, uh, I got a check because I was in between uh, working for cheaters or something. I didn't have enough money. I got I got two checks. I got 1200 bucks and 600 because yeah. I was a, uh, didn't have the best financial year. Now, financially, <laughs> things are going up. So that's why I don't want to complain and be like, oh, it's so bad. But at the same time. I'm, I, you know, I pay so much in taxes. I'm not living. I, you know, see, this is a fake green screen. I'm not yeah. living high on the hog, as they say. I'm still grinding it out and eking out a living. And that's the, that's the case for most people. Most people don't have a thousand dollars for an emergency. That's really a travesty because less than 1% has 99% of the wealth in the world. Listen to that, guys. Less than 1% of the population has 99% of the money. It shouldn't be like that. And I'm not trying to say create socialism because Marxism or socialism would be terrible, but we should have a system that is not so rigged against people trying to earn a living like yourself that you work too hard so you are not uh, uh, able to receive any sort of help from the government. As a matter of fact, the government needs to take away. You need to help. the Instead of the government helping you, it's your responsibility to help the government. It's sick. It's disgusting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the guy who's most known for talking about the 1% having all the wealth, he ended up voting for all these bills that I'm talking about. So that just shows you how you can't trust these people anyway. But to go back to your other question, how do we wake people up? I think we all have a different lane. Like, I think your lane is great, you know, through comedy and just clowning the system. Um, I think some people are really good that way. Some people are good at just like saying cold, hard truths and beating people over the head with it. Other people are good at like leading people in slowly and showing them the hypocrisy of the people they already hate and then getting them to step back and see, okay, so see, it's not just this president who did this. Also this one did it and this one did it and this party does it and this party does it. So I don't know. We all have a different lane and you know, I think it's good. I believe in the division of labor. So one guy going this way, one doing it this way, one doing it this way. I think that's great because we all got different talents and we're all going to be woken up differently too. So, you know, any, any strategy is good. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, uh, and I didn't create this term, but people will call it what I do is called culture jamming. And my buddy Cassie does it too, is we just take out the worst part of our culture. The part that we're like, we're talking about the 99% has to appease to the 1%, like Leah Thomas, like literally, you know, less than one, <laughs> no, seriously, less yeah. than 1% of people are trans. Yeah. You're yeah. going to let a trans person under this, you know, guys of social justice who swam on the boys team for three years, go swim against the women and not just swimming against the women, but win a championship. So it's well, like, they were also they are also discriminating against you. They wouldn't let you swim on the swim course, team either, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, you're just culture jamming. You're just calling out these people that are all just a bunch of hypocrites. And the hypocrisy is so blatant. It's very easy to put a mirror up to it. It's like guys like Don Lemon will say, oh, you know, white supremacy is this bad. Yet he's married to a white guy. Lori Lightfoot, she uh, she won't take an interview with some white reporters yet. She's married to a white woman. So these people are so full of crap that I am I have an endless amount of material and, and it's really I'm kind of a hack comic because I don't even really have to create material I just have to regurgitate the same crap that they regurgitate onto us yeah no it's really true I mean I remember uh, Stephen Colbert uh, like a month ago now he was making this joke that you know we're gonna stop buying oil from Russia and we're gonna get it from the good guys Saudi Arabia in being obviously <laughs> satirical but then the next sentence he says is, but you know what? I'm willing to have a clean conscience if I have to pay a little more at the pump. So it's like, 
I mean, that is like crazy gaslighting when they like he shows how ridiculous it is. And then in the next sentence says, so let's do it. And no one picks up on it. I'm just like, wow, like we're we're living in strange times, man. <laughs> no, and there's so much to say with that to unpack. It's kind of that's what I'm doing. Like when Colbert at one point was maybe considered funny when he was kind of astroturfing or culture jamming when the neocons wanted to start a war yeah. in the Middle East and kill Muslims over. For me, I believe the terror attacks on 9-11 were orchestrated by people within our own government in order to, to pump up the military industrial complex and go after the seven biggest threats to Israel. So, you know, I just I, I look at Saudi Arabia, too, as you know, they kind of took the blame. You know, they said they had, you know, the 19 hijackers are from there. But if you look any month when it's June, when it's gay pride month, every other country and every corporation, they will change to a gay pride flag. But any company in Saudi Arabia would never do that. So it's just funny that, like, you know, we have to capitulate and we have to bend over backwards and change our whole culture. Yet these same companies will go into other countries and they'll just, oh, Jackman Radio, Steak and Shrimp. He loves, you know, he's a big fan. They're, they're great. The Jackman brothers are both great. Yeah. But what I'm saying good. is, dude, these companies, these, you know, that rule the world, sadly, it's like, Dude, in China, the NBA is talking about, oh, we can't say bad stuff about China. Disney's like, don't say the don't say gay bill. Yet in China, they have to airbrush John Boyega after, off the Star Wars poster. So it's just like, you know, literally because they because they don't like it there in their culture. So, dude, that's where we're at. We're in this like dystopian nightmare where it's like, you know, rules for thee, but not for we. I mean, it's just sad that, you know, this is the current reality in the state of affairs. And most people, if you told them this, they're so they're under such debt slavery and they're under, you know, so much stress from their relationship. And they're, you know, just worried about their car breaking down. They're worried about their kids getting high on fentanyl. They can't worry about the evil things that are happening to us. And they can't wake themselves up because they're under that mass hypnosis from the world. So yeah, I guess I guess my my point being with you to wrap that up. You it seemed like you haven't ever really been under that mass hypnosis. So is that the case? Like, have you kind of been awake to the the neocons and kind of to the world being an evil place? Uh, Reed, is that kind of why you have a hard exterior? Even though I know you're a nice guy, you're a funny guy, but you kind of put off this like you know kind of tough exterior. And mm -hmm. I think that's because you've been awake. You realize the world's not this hunky dory, you know, go happy place. You know, you got to realize that I got to drive twenty hours to go make a living. I got to be on the road. Like you know what it takes. You know the reality of the world. And once you realize that, you break. For, you know, break out of the matrix, the fake world. It's hard not to be kind of hardened and you know, war torn in a way. Yeah, I think it's a couple reasons. Uh, one is I have been awake to most of this stuff for you know, going on eight years now. Uh, so it's been a while. But then also the working thing. Like when you start working fifty hours a week when you're eighteen, and you just got to get up and do the daily grind. You're not going to college, you know, for four years and drinking your life away and having parties or whatever. Like you got to grow up fast and learn how to take care of yourself and you know just be on top of things. And then some of the jobs I had, I was in charge of you know a bunch of guys. Like I'd run crews where we were doing big construction jobs. Uh, and it was really dangerous and it was really cold. We'd be out all night. Sometimes we were repairing power lines for two weeks at a time and you're on very little sleep and you're working out in the dark and the rain or whatever. So that's probably where most of my gruff exterior comes from. Uh, also traveling. I've been to all 50 states, you know, and seen a lot of the country and uh, and I mean that a as a compliment. I, I'm not trying to cut oh, you. Yeah, I'm, saying, I get you know, it. I know, I'm not trying to like say I'm saying you're actually a real man. Like you're not one of these. Like I kind of put off a soft exterior. Maybe I am a little soft, but like you nailed it with this college system. They'll give any kid a hundred thousand dollar loan to go to college. Yet if they try to get that hundred thousand dollar loan to buy a house, BlackRock is going to artificially inflate the price of it, and, and, and you know totally drive up the price where they make it no middle class where you can't even afford to buy a house. So it's like 
the, the system could give loans to people to start families to buy houses, but no, they want you to go get a college degree and get drunk and high for four yep. years and basically end up with a meaningless thing that gets you nowhere in life. Yeah, and then they also don't want you to actually ever own anything. Oh, I love cats, man. Yeah, I'm a I'm, cat guy, just like so you know. I've so. toxoplasmosis, that's crazy cat lady from dealing with the fecal matter. And Skybear wants your attention. He can tell your energy that you're a cat guy. So get out of here, Skybear. Get out of here. Go eat some fancy feasts. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, the, well, the way the system's set up, they don't want you to actually owe anything or oh, sorry, yeah. own anything. They want you to owe everything. You know, they want you to take a loan out and they only want you to care about your payments. That's why all the interest rates are so artificially low. So you just get into a ton of debt and it perpetuates this debt based system that we have that enables our warfare system because we wouldn't be able to have any of these wars if we didn't have these artificially low interest rates. And it's just this vicious cycle that goes on and on. But you talk to your average person. They don't care how much the car they're buying costs. They just care, can I make the weekly pay or the monthly payment or whatever it is? That's all they care about. And that's, you know, completely eroded our society as far as pride of ownership goes, as far as like perseverance to get somewhere where you've actually staked something as your own. Like they've completely gotten rid of that. And, you know, they've basically destroyed the idea of private property because the bank owns everything you have and you don't actually own any of it. So you, start to care less about, you know, taxes and what you have to pay on everything because you haven't actually sat down and itemized everything that's yours. So no, and you nail it and you like, look at like these stats where they say like boomers have like 80% of the wealth too. So, you know, and they're still, they even say people in that generation don't have enough to retire. So I'm just envision like, it's going to be really tough for even people, especially you're younger than me, like your age and my age too. And I'm not saying I have a bunch of money saved up. I mean, look, the, the other year I got a stimulus check. So, you know, I'm not doing that great, but I guess my point being is like, they're making it impossible to even save up like people are just barely eking out a living and they're just worried about their their payment because they want to keep us in what is called fight or flight you know where you're just nervous you're scared yeah. you're just worried about your bills because when you're in that state that's when you're the most easily able to be controlled because you don't have yes. you don't have you have no personal freedom so for you i think that's why i kind of applaud you is you do have personal freedom because you grind it out you work and you create content and you're spreading a message and you're a delegate and you're actually like doing something. You're not virtue signaling. You're actually being virtuous. So that's why I, that's why I applaud you. That's why I kind of gravitate you or gravitated to your content because I realized like, man, this guy actually talks the talk and walks the walk. And that's not the case. Most of these people. The are human just, and animal rights this? catastrophe in Shanghai. You don't see this, China but, not covered by the big tech and powers that be. We got a super chat, TTS super chat. So yes, I appreciate no. that. We're getting a lot of super chats. People are loving you uh, tonight, reading. We got another ten dollars super chat coming up that hadn't appeared on the screen yet. So guys, thank you. I should have never said I got that stimulus. Maybe people are feeling sorry for me. I'll, I'll take it. But um, uh, uh, but this is just like remember, a, guys. I didn't even get a stimulus, so come to my channel yeah, for a super chat from everyone. Go, go support Reed. But I'm telling you, though, it's like you're 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 walking the walk, you're talking the talk, and not enough people do that. So I I, I my my point being is. How do you see Reed Coverdale, uh, you know, making change in the Libertarian Party? Like, I see you're a delegate, but uh, are you looking at, at obviously moving up? Are you going to like I just talked to Spike Cohen. He's a really smart guy, a great guy. He was vice president. I could see Reed Coverdale being Libertarian vice president, or even Libertarian president. So do you have that aspiration uh, in your mind right now, Reed? Because you're such a young man and you've already made waves. Well, what I guess what is your aspirations with the Libertarian Party personally? Yeah, so I am moving back to my home state of New Hampshire in a couple months because the Free State Project is really taking off there. And, you know, we 
nationwide, there aren't enough libertarians to make an impact, at least not yet, maybe one day, but certainly not yet. So there was this idea that we all concentrate in one area and try to make systemic change in that one area. And New Hampshire has been that state for a while. Even when I lived there, I knew about the Free State Project, but it didn't really take off until the last couple of years with all the tyranny and all these other states. So it's really growing. The legislature is run by like a, a large minority of free staters so they could get a lot done. And I am planning on moving back there and hopefully one day running for state house. And it's very easy to win there. You can talk to like every single one of your constituents because you'll have a district with 900 people in it. <laughs> so uh, I got to start there and we'll see where it goes from there. And Reed, you had to be a politician. Like a lot of people were telling me I need to do it. And like, I, and I really, I didn't like, that wasn't my goal. I mean, in high school, I was student council vice president, whatever that means. I'm saying like, I guess I kind of, and I was captain of my football team. So I guess I like the idea of being a leader, but what I'm saying is nobody else is going to do it. The only people that are going to do it are puppets for like the new world order. Like these people like Lori Lightfoot and these people that are just so mm-hmm. unqualified, they get pumped up. So I see you, I'm like, man, Reed, I, I'm not going to twist your arm to do it, but Really, you got to step in there because you have been able to make an effect and get attention at a young age. And because uh, in this day and age, everybody's like, like I go and wear women's panties and, and to get get attention. You've you've actually done it in a more virtuous way than me. Uh, and so what I'm saying is, people are like, oh, Alex, you should be a politician. And I wore women's clothing to a meeting. So if they're saying that to me, then you definitely have to do it because that's the only way we make change. And 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 I guess with all that being said, being a politician would suck and having to do all the stupid meetings and that. But we don't have any other choice, in my opinion. So I really, I'm really pumped up that you're going back to New Hampshire and doing that. How is that going to affect your driving schedule, your working schedule? Are you going to work less? Because you probably need to work less so you can yeah. focus more on, on your problems. Yeah. So I do have a lot of money saved. I've just been that way since I was, you know, 16. Just started saving money. Uh, I buy old cars. You know, I don't spend much. So I'm very uh, financially stable. So. Um, I'm planning on working part time when I go back to New Hampshire, still doing truck driving like this. This is my opinion. Like I can't step out of the truck driving world or at least like the blue collar world. I got to keep like framing houses or doing something because, you know, so many people, they end up in an ivory tower where they don't really understand the working man anymore. And I just don't ever want to become that. So as long as I have one foot in you know, some sort of industry doing the actual work on the ground. That's cool. I just don't want to do it 70 hours a week because right now it is like, (laughs) it is kind of overbearing. I usually work like 50 to 60 hours a week and I'm usually on a show pretty much every night. And then I'm also trying to, you know, uh, advertise my content. And then I also need to sleep and eat and like, you know, occasionally do nothing just to chill out. So it's, it's a full plate, but I could work part-time, still do my show and then eventually get involved in politics. I think that would be great. Yeah, I mean, and and you 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 nailed a good thing is like they have this they have us under this like uh, crappy system where they think materialism is the most important. And like I sell cars, I can't tell you how many times people like get the car that they thought was their dream car and they scratch it a week later and they're like crying like oh I, I, I. like <laughs> what I'm saying is that inanimate object that you think is going to bring you happiness, guys. And I'm not a role model. I'm not saying this like a know it all, but it's not going to bring you the happiness you desire. The only thing that will make you happy is creating something and doing something you're passionate about. So that's why life is so short. Do something you're passionate about. Like, you you know, obviously you're driving trucks. You saved the money. You worked hard. So now that you can focus on what you're passionate about and you're a young man, you know, we should work when you're young. We should have a blue collar attitude because these people, 
They want you dependent on the government. They want you to think that $600 check is so good when that is the farthest thing from the truth. You sneeze at $600 because you know that's not a drop in the bucket. So, I mean, you know, we're just living this really dystopian world where people are like, oh, man, I'm so cool. I have a Gucci belt. I drive a (laughs) Jeep Cherokee or whatever they need. I'm not hating on Jeeps. People like Jeeps just like, dude, we shouldn't worry about the opinions of others. And I think that's what you do well. You're unapologetically yourself, Reed. And that's that's why, you know, I think that's why you're successful at such a young age. Yeah, I've never really cared what the masses think. I mean, there are a few people I care about what they think of me, but for the most part, I'll just say what I think and people can react how they want. And then if those few people really don't like what I say, oh, well, you know, like I like them to like be a few of the people I look up to. But if they don't agree with me, oh, well, it, you know, it. it the thing is, like the people that are your close friends or that you have respect for, if they end up disassociating with you because you disagree with them on something, that friendship wasn't worth it in the first place. So if it goes away, oh, well, just let it go, you know? No, you nailed it. And this has been the Kiss Reed Coverdale's butt uh, hour. And I, you know, I appreciate that. So we can maybe get into some other hard hitting topics other than just, you know, congratulating sure. you. Um, so, so, <laughs> I, you know, I talked about 9 11. Yep. And, and you, you mentioned the CIA. I kind of want to mention this. So, you know, the CIA during the Iran-Contra actually traded uh, drugs with the Nicaraguans. We gave them weapons. They gave us drugs. And they sold those drugs uh, to, you know, people on the street, Freeway Ricky Ross in California and, like, supposedly Griselda Blanco and or whatever her last name is. I forget. But I guess what I'm saying is how do we get these alphabet agencies to stop ruining our, our, our lives, like the CIA and the way they're weaponized against people against January 6th? Like, can we can we actually make a difference with the, the tyranny that's currently happening at that level, these alphabet agencies like the IRS not giving you a stimulus? Like, how do we change those levels, in your opinion? I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I think we might disagree a little bit on what happened on 9-11, but, like, even what I think happened on 9-11 is – like not the official story. And I'm not sure even if it was like laid out in front of everyone and they knew what actually happened that they do anything about it. Like we live in such an apathetic um, (laughs) culture, you know, like they just, it's such a pathetic culture. They just don't care. Like, um, you know, they found like, we know the war in Iraq was bullshit at this point. And here we are on the verge of getting involved even more than we already are in another war in Ukraine that has nothing to do with our national security, nothing to do with our freedoms. Just it's, it's awful. And we just go through the motions. We do it over and over again. We found out COVID was made in a lab, you know, not through true. Being a function COVID of research. is very natural and everybody get vaccinated, get boosted. We love you. Why we're here on YouTube. Uh, COVID is a, is a terrible thing ooh, that was just ooh, happened yeah. naturally from uh, had nothing to do with labs or anything. But no, 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 no. Real quick. The, the pandemic is waking people up. Um, but dude, when you look at the Ukrainian war, it's very weird that we get out of a 20 year war in the Middle East with no clear agenda. And like we, we had the Baki boys yet, like they saw Afghanistan men that would rape boys on the military base. But because they were our, our allies, they let it go. I don't think there's anything more just than to save to protect children from sexual predators. But that's not the agenda of our military. And you see that we went this this never ending war in the Middle East that finally ended. And then very, you know, very subtly. That when the pandemic starts to wind down, we're in another world war defending guys that are literal Nazis. So it's mm-hmm. like, how do people not see this in your opinion, Reed? I don't know. I mean, they haven't 
you know, they haven't accepted that we were arming ISIS and Al Qaeda during Operation Timber Sycamore, you know, and that's pretty well, that should be pretty well known at this point. They Go watch the movie Charlie Wilson's War. It's literally with Tom Hanks about how we funded the Mujahideen to fight the yeah. Russians, and they use those same weapons to kill our own citizens. Sorry, Reed. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I kind of blame us for this, not me and you, but yeah. the people in this country, like, this stuff should be pushed back against a little bit more than it is like they could just throw it blatantly right in your face and people won't do anything about it so i mean i just i'm trying to wake up the people who do care because obviously i got woken up and i care and i don't know if it'll actually make a difference but it makes me feel like i'm doing something and you know it's kind of like being in the matrix like you, you don't wake everyone up out of it but the few people you can pull out of it, you know, it feels good when you see them realizing what's going on and then they become disciples of this message too, trying to wake other people up. It, I don't really know what else to do, even if it doesn't end up being fruitful, you know? Yeah. And, and you're doing a good job, but this is what I think too. It's like, you know, obviously I'm tinfoil hat. You're on the conspiracy castle, but you look at the metaverse. Like I would, I, I, and that's the reason one of my favorite movies was the matrix. And in the matrix, you know, you're a pod and basically these robots are using you as an energy force. But I think that's a strong possibility of becoming real because what they're doing, there's articles all over the internet talking about how they'll have virtual reality and they'll be able to put something on your genitals that is going to be able to not be able to differentiate real sex with fake sex. And they're going to tell you that, oh, you only live for 75 years on this earth, but you can live for a thousand years in the metaverse. And there's articles talking about how the future of punishment is you'll put on a headset and you'll serve a thousand year sentence in 10 minutes. So I, with all that, I think the future is very bleak. So what is your opinion on the metaverse and the future of society uh, when it comes into relation with the matrix? Oh man, I don't like that at all, man. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm glad I was born when I was, because I feel like this might be the last generation of any semblance of normalcy, you know, um, because the scary thing is people don't oppose this. Like, you know, we, we were super opposed to the mandates over the last couple of years, and that's great. But as far as like a vaccine passport or something that's digitized, People are going to willingly accept that within the next few decades. And I and have to cut you off. Wait, real quick. Please don't lose your train of thought. But that if you give us numbers, people actually, the numbers are in favor of the vaccine passport, technically. Yeah. But even if they're not, like, you know, so here's a great example. I was driving the truck a couple months ago from Idaho up into Montana, got out in the truck stop, and I dropped my wallet on the parking lot somewhere. Drive 400 miles into Montana, get out, fuel up realize my wallet's gone. So now I'm, I'm just fucked. Sick. My you have to be sick. You need your license. I know that feeling. Yeah. Wow. Okay, go ahead. So what happened? You're so, you know, it. my debit card, my medical card, my driver's license, you know, everything's in there. So I did get it back eventually, but how, the, how, how? Somebody didn't I, called, I called the truck stop and someone turned it in. So I was impressed. There's still honest people out there, yeah. but, um, the the what what I was thinking about was you know if I had a microchip in my wrist it could have my wallet my driver's license my medical information I don't need to wear a bracelet if you know because I'm allergic to penicillin I don't need to wear a bracelet to tell anyone that in case I get found passed out somewhere I could have the keys to my car right on it you know just put my wrist right up and start my car unlock Sounds my so house good. with it Sounds so good so. So, you know, no one's going to actually oppose that when it reaches that level. It's just not there yet. Right Right now, they have to be like, you will comply and you will get this. But 
just give it a few decades and people will be willingly imposing it on themselves. So I don't really know if there's a way out of it other than like going and living in the woods, you know, and hoping they leave you alone. I, I really don't know, man. <laughs> no, seriously. What is that? Timothy May, Timothy McVeigh's manifesto ended up being, a, you know, a lot of stuff being right. Or maybe it was, uh, uh it was, uh, 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 Ted Kaczynski, yeah, Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. But yeah. like, like everybody now on Twitter is cheerleading Elon Musk. Like, Oh, he's buying, you know, um, he's buying Twitter. He's going to change it. And maybe he will, but he's also talking about having the neural link where you're going to be able to, like, yeah. you know, pull your pull your Tesla up to your house with your brain. That's not good, guys. When we when, no. when you have that, that's the literal transhumanist agenda where they're going to turn your body into some sort of cyborg. And sadly, you just nailed it. People are going to run into it. They're going to say, "Oh, this is so convenient. I wear my little yeah. thing. Oh, oh, look at mine. Mine's Gucci or mine's whatever. You know, they'll have a way to market yeah. it in some stupid way where people are going to be like." Oh, I want it. And people are going to be like in the Apple store in a line. No, they'll be waiting in a line for your chip or for your brain scan or whatever it is. So it is this dystopian future, like predicted in George Orwell's 1984 or Brave Brave New World. They said where everybody's going to be watching these movies and like the movies are basically just like porno movies. They're like sex flicks and, you know, loud bangs and stuff. And everybody's having casual sex and everybody's on Soma. And that's what's happening now that you go and say you're depressed. They give you SSRIs. So what? What the heck, dude? We, we're, we're, they're coming at it. They're coming at us from every angle. And people will tell you, oh, you know, Pfizer, they care about making money. They don't. They already have all the money. Apple has all the money. How much money yeah. do these companies need? And they just want to control us. Yeah. I mean, the things you get kicked off of YouTube or kicked off of Twitter for, that hurts their monetary gain, right? Like, because people, like, when they banned Donald Trump off of Twitter, Twitter's stocks plunged, but they're willing to take that sacrifice to you know control the narrative more you're 100 percent right it's not all about financial gain they care about control more than financial gain but i I think we live in a world where the 1984 approach doesn't work very well because people start getting uncomfortable so that was like you know toward the end of the covid stuff like people were sick of being locked in their house sick of having to wear a mask because it's just you know it's not Even fun the mask it's not is safe easy. and effective everybody wear two masks yeah. sorry go ahead yes we love the masks it's awesome but, uh, I love it. you know like they would eventually get sick of that and not do it anymore whereas the brave new world approach is give people comfort make that make everything easy for them and then they'll willingly let you take their rights away which we live in a world where if you do that like they'll just like the Patriot Act. No one cares about the Patriot Act because it's not inconvenient. You could still do whatever you want as long as you're not doing anything bad. And um, the, it doesn't slow you down. It doesn't, you know, there's no agent like standing in your house being rude to you or whatever. So people are totally fine with that because it's not inconvenient. So I actually prefer the 1984 style government because people push back against it because yeah. they'll be like, Hey, this sucks. Hey, this is uncomfortable. Hey, I don't like this. Uh, then the brave new world approach is much more dangerous and people totally fall for it. No, that's a really, really, really good point. Like I didn't even think about it, how they can kind of just like lull us into it and, and you know, the, the difference of it, those different aspects. But I mean, sadly, we're under this mass hypnosis where like you people are just suffering from cognitive dissonance where they know the government is not good, but they still think that they have our back. And that's why it's like we just we, I mean, the future is those 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 novels, those movies. There's a lot of predictive programming in it that's, uh, you know, coming to reality. And um, 
you know, when I really look at like 1984, though, and you look at like the dystopian future and you talk about the Patriot Act, that's basically what it is, where they have warrantless search and seizure of our phone calls now. And people yeah. are saying, oh, well, it doesn't affect me. But then you look at January 6th, all those people, the same, you know, Muslim terrorists, they'll put you on the no fly list. They'll cut yeah. off your bank account just like that. So that is literally George Orwell's 1984 and the Patriot Act just laid the groundwork. So people do people should be mad about the Patriot they Act. They should. But they yeah. don't. They're not. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, again, why I like the 1984 approach, because it's in your face and people finally get sick of it and do something about it. Um, <clears throat> you know, like with January 6th, I was when that started happening, I was actually thinking in my head, like, wow, it took this long, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's finally someone's doing something. Um, and I didn't even really I didn't even really like Trump at all. But it was just the idea that he sucks. The government, Trump was a vaccine salesman, guys. I mean, he's better than yeah. Biden. But, dude, he he and he locked us down. He dude, Trump yeah, totally. does not have our back, dude. He's a no. shill just like the rest of them. Sorry. Yeah, no, totally. But I, you know, I was just glad to see some sort of pushback going on. And I was thinking, like, nothing like this has ever happened. Like, we just kind of roll over every time. So as boring and dumb and hilarious as January 6th was. You know, it was nice to be like, ha like, like seeing those pictures of people kind of cowering in the Senate wing or whatever. It felt kind of good. Like, I mean, it, it's funny that you've seen on my Twitter it says January 6th was a disappointment. Uh, I, I just like do nothing but downplay the hell out of January 6th because to everyone else, it's just an insurrection. It's the worst thing that's ever happened. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It was, if anything, it was funny. Like it's Good. the closest adjective I can find to it. They, you know? can, they compare it to nine 11 in Pearl Harbor. Yet there was like an 80 year old woman waving a little flag walking around the rotunda. <laughs> I mean, it's all media manipulated into being the worst thing. And like the only people that died was Ashley Babbitt who was shot at yeah. point blank range so dude if people want to say it's the worst thing ever it was literally just an exercise in in um i guess a social or civil disobedience and some people say oh it wasn't that civil i mean dude so what a couple windows got broken out or whatever yeah. but you know they literally want to say oh that's the same as 9 11 when you saw people it's way worse than all the black lives matter protests you know the year before like way more what? damage <laughs> well one of my viral videos is me calling out ted wheeler yet he let a federal uh, courthouse burn for 60 days the antifa were literally outside trying to catch it on fire for 60 days and the only person they got arrested who threw a firebomb in there they got arrested and they're under house arrest Yet the people that literally walked in the rotunda in between the ropes, they're getting six to 12 years in jail. Their lives are ruined. They'll never be able to get that time back. And they're going to a federal bang you in the butt prison. I mean, I know that's kind of a hyperbole or metaphor, but there's nothing good that goes in a prison. Even if it's a federal prison, it's better than the state prison. It's still not good. You're still screwed. So it's just like, Man, how do we like, why are we so disconnected with reality in this day and age where the media can just say, oh, well, this is the worst day since 9-11. When you look at 9-11 and you see those towers fall down, that's like a literal snuff film. It's like the most violent thing you can see ever. And then they show us pictures of January 6th. It's like some people with riot shields banging against yeah. each other. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, man. I mean, this is part of why I'm moving to New Hampshire because I've just kind of given up on the masses ever waking up in large numbers like, I just think consolidation of, you know, uh, you, you know, condensing in one area with people who are awake to this stuff and agree with you. I don't really see any other way around it at this point. And as we become more polarized, I think it's just inevitable. I mean, dude, I was, it's so disheartening. I was watching, 
uh, news clips from like six or seven years ago where they're having Tulsi Gabbard on MSNBC. And I'm just thinking like, I can't even imagine her being on there anymore yeah. or like Tucker Carlson talking to some Democrat or, I mean, it's just like, that's gone. Like this, this, Tucker this, was on CNN, dude. He, I mean, he was like a pretty open-minded, but now yeah. dude, it's the identity politics. It's even in our media. It's like, these people are just, dude, you're right. Did you, you look, even if you look at like the commercials from six years ago, like I'll watch an old YouTube video. It was just a lighter mood. Like we yeah. really just lost the plot, especially if you watch commercials, guys, everybody needs to look at like commercials from the nineties. That was back when you didn't have to have a gay Latino lead in the McDonald's commercial. It could be a normal family. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Like now, I know. a McDonald's commercial. I'm laughing because it's true. It's true. You can't have a, per, a white person in a McDonald's commercial this day and age. So it's like yeah. it goes to the marketing. And I'm not even trying to virtue signal that we need more white people in, in McDonald's commercials. I'm just saying at every level, this marketing is in some sort of a way to virtue signal or to influence somebody's agenda under the guise of this is social justice. This is progressivism. But this progressivism, all it does is it takes away your freedom under the guise of safety. And people don't realize we're going to end up with neither. We're not going to be safe or be free yeah i mean it, it, they're always doing the opposite of what they're saying they're doing too like you know we were fighting to end terrorism yet we're funding terrorists and then like we've heard nothing but nazi 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 about the truckers and about trump supporters or whatever and then we send 14 billion dollars like you said to ukraine where there are literal nazis so you know like sometimes it's like they're just pushing us to see how far they could go with the lies. Like, are you guys really going to buy this? Oh, wow, you do. Hmm. Okay. Well, how about this? <laughs> I mean, it almost feels like that sometimes. Like, they're just seeing they're what they us. could get away with. They're yeah. mocking us in a way. And you made a good point. As a trucker, and you look at Canada, it's kind of just like a beta program for a future dude. And during those protests, they took away their bank accounts, took away their GoFundMe, then their Give, Send, Go. They literally, you know, uh, impounded their cars, and they said that they're all Nazis and they're all terrorists. And then one week later, those same politicians that outlawed protesting were protesting for the Ukrainian war, the war in Ukraine, a border that is in, in between Russia and Ukraine that you can't even pick out on a map. So yeah. it's that at the end of the day, Reed, that's just mocking us. They're literally laughing in our face about this. Or if they're not, they're just that autistically dumb. I, I think it has to be a little mix of both. Yeah, I agree. Like, man, I wonder how evil are they and how dumb are they? Like, they're definitely both. And how much either way it goes, I don't really know. And, it, you know, depending on what's going on, <laughs> like, I, I go both ways. Like, it's just like sometimes, like, you could not think that, to, you know, invading a Sunni-ruled Shiite-majority country was going to work in Iraq, like after removing a dictatorship that it wouldn't be Shiite sympathetic and basically go with Iran. Like there's no way you couldn't have known that was going to happen. Or, but then sometimes it's like, I don't know, maybe they really are this stupid. So I agree. It's both, but I don't know. I don't really know where the line is. Well, it's crazy. Well, look at Libya. You had Muammar Gaddafi and people were like, oh, he was so bad. Yet his people supposedly liked him and supposedly like, yeah. I, you know, and this is all supposed, but you know, in, in there, like if you were married, they gave you an apartment, they gave you a house. There's a lot of government funded stuff. And then Hillary and, and Hillary Clinton literally laughed, said, we came, we saw he died and they bombed a dam. He had a dam that gave millions of Northern Africans water, clean water. And we literally bombed that. So why would you not? And then on top of that, forget just Libya. Now that's a slave auction, the only place in the world where there's actual slavery today. You can go there and buy yeah. a slave. We go and we send drone strikes that kill six children all the time. We go shoot Afghanistan weddings. And and then when the people like like Trump 
whose whole entire campaign was given to him by the WikiLeaks, Julian Assange, doesn't even let the guy out of jail. Yeah. It's like, what the heck? We know this mess is <sighs> happening, and you won't even help the people that are trying to stop it. As a matter of fact, you keep them in jail. So it's like yeah. they, they, they can't be this dumb. Like, Trump is not that dumb. He lets out Kodak Black, who, which is whatever. I mean, he's a rapper. That I guess he's trying to gain clout. Like, I can kind of get that. But you won't let Julian Assange, who basically handed you the 2016 election, like, where are we? The hope for humanity is just, it's, it's almost non-existent. Yeah, when he let out the Blackwater Guards instead of Julian Assange, that was a real, <laughs> that was a real nice move right there. Yeah, I mean, go Well, ahead. I just want to say we're ingratiating ourselves in the Middle East when they don't want us there. Like, they don't need right. us there. And, and we do it because, oh, uh, we're imperialists. And we shouldn't be. So what's the libertarian mindset with, like, the idea of the American military? I mean, would we just get rid of it almost totally, or would we would we use it to protect our borders? Like, what is your opinion on how do we reappropriate our military funds? Well, yeah, I think it's a start. You know, there, there's this legislation that we're trying to pass in all 50 states. It hasn't been passed in any state yet, but it's called Defend the Guard. So the way that works is it, it reimagines the – National Guard the way it was initially designed to be because initially the the United States government didn't have a military the militia was the military at the beginning of the United States and so then the United States would have to ask for the militia to go to war basically so what they would have to do is create a declaration of war where I think it's 60% of Congress has to approve it and then you can actually declare war and go but we haven't declared war officially since World War II. And then all these, you know, we've had like authorization to use the military force. And then we authorized a police action in Vietnam or whatever. But we, we do all these crazy things where they just take the National Guard and they send them over there. And that's illegal. So what we're trying to do is pass defend the guard legislation so that the, the National Guard of a state cannot be taken by the U.S government and sent anywhere unless they actually declare war so that's a great start if we could just get there where you have to have people actually declare war to go to war then i think we would have a great excuse to start making major cuts the problem is you know it's not just government stuff there's like contractors who employ thousands of people like you know so funny bernie sanders great progressive anti-war guy he's supported the f-35 program even though it was i think it was one and a half trillion dollars and the plane doesn't even work and you know it's a plane to go kill people They've never got it, it off the ground i don't believe i don't think yeah and his excuse was well it creates jobs in vermont so even if, if you've got like a supposed anti-war socialist who's supporting an F-35 program just shows like how entrenched we are. So, I mean, it's, it's just a slow, it's a slow beginning. You know, hopefully we could get the States to reclaim their national guards. And then maybe from there we could start downsizing the military, but it's a long way to go. And public opinion, I think mostly supports it now. Like I think most people are sick of going to war, but it, you know, it's crazy, man. Like if you pull people like two years ago, they would have said, yeah, this war in Afghanistan, this war in Iraq, this war in uh, Syria, or, you know, like they suck. Let's bring the troops home. But then as soon as something happens, they just throw it out the window. So when like Trump airstrikes Soleimani in 2020, all the Republicans were just like, let's go, let's go turn it into a plate of glass. And then Democrats, same thing right now with Russia. Like there are people who literally want regime change to take out Putin or to bomb Moscow. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's just so it's so frustrating that 
people still think that way. Like, Af- you know, what, how long, what was it? Like eight months ago, we pulled out of Afghanistan and it was an absolute disaster. And now we're already talking about putting boots on the ground in Ukraine. It's just, oh, it's just insane, man. And, and what makes you the most sick, and I said this earlier, is like I've had friends that died of fentanyl overdoses. They had, like, you know, they got people addicted to the opioid crisis and now they have this synthetic fentanyl that's just being rushed to the border, not to mention the sex trafficking. And so, like, I'm anti-military, but, man, why not put some troops on that border? Why not use our resources to actually help American citizens? But they would never, ever do that. As a matter of fact, they'd be like, oh, that's racist. That's, you know, that's against the immigration so that's why I'm just so against this military industrial complex and these politicians like you nailed it, Bernie Sanders. Well, even though I'm against war, at least it's a you know trillion dollars to you know in jobs in my state. It's like, dude, yeah. buzz off. Those people will find other jobs. We shouldn't be yeah. wasting this money. Uh, and almost, and, and, and I'm not even saying uh, you know bailout or handouts, but that money would actually be better purpose, not wasting it on them, actually helping citizens. You know, actually almost yeah. giving to them, or, or or at least helping. Yeah, fixed problems that we actually have because listen, our infrastructure, like they talk about the infrastructure bill, our infrastructure is not that great. I mean, you're on the roads. I see, like, you know, you probably deal with bad roads and, and issues all the time, and like you're probably late in traffic because they're working on the roads, this and that. So, I guess what I'm saying is we have the money, but we're just autistically misusing the funds in order to get fat cat bankers and uh, Halliburton and Pfizer and Apple. So they can just make money at our expense. And that's what pisses me off, I guess, the most is about when people ask me, like, what's the biggest problem in the world? It's not the trans stuff. It's not, you know, the don't say gay bill, because really, I don't care if you're gay or straight. I could care less. You know, I don't care if you want to wear a dress and you're an adult. Good. I don't necessarily think kids need to be on hormone blockers at age five or whatever. But the (laughs) problem is is we literally have corporations calling the shots that can buy and sell people like Bernie Sanders that'll tell you I'm anti-war. But as soon as the checks come rolling in, they're, they're you know, let's kill Vladimir Putin, Lindsey Graham. Let's put a bullet in Putin's head. They're all losers, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's insane, man. Um, by the way, uh, I, forget, I forget the exact words, but what is, it, what is it? I go, and I go insane, put a bullet in Putin's, Putin's brain. brain. Is that, yeah, I go yeah, insane, dude. put a bullet in Putin's brain, do it for the <laughs> Ukraine. Okay, so we got to wrap things up. So we got about five minutes left. I really appreciate that you remember that. That's, that tickles me to death. Okay, so tell me this. Uh, now I had to get the scuttlebutt of the Libertarian Party. I saw you beefing on Twitter with Adam Kokesh, so I don't want to give him clout. What is the drama with that? Because he called you. I was like, you wouldn't say this to my face, and you posted a picture right next to him. And I wouldn't mess with Reed Coverdale. And that guy is, I don't, I don't know. I'm on Reed's side already you're on my show but he is balding on top and has all that other hair like you 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 crush him in the hair game you got the beard and it on top of your head so what is the scuttlebutt in the libertarian party for the people playing at home oh man well i've met adam gokesh as you pointed out and i've been a fan of him for a while but uh he just started losing it and initially i was just like dude what are you doing like stop don't do this don't do this and he just like shot back. And then he started sending screenshots of like, private conversations he's had with people all over Twitter and just going insane. And so then I disengaged. I was like, okay, this is just crazy. I can't believe we're doing this. And then after a while, it's like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. Fine. I'm going to stir the pot because we have him t- coming on Tower Gang next week. Oh, that'd and be so- good. Wait, wait, real quick. So now you have him on the show. Yeah, you got to stir the pot. You're, you know, you're oh, not yeah. a pussy at all. Okay, sorry to cut you off, but I, I didn't realize now you're going to have him on there. You might actually get the water under the people don't realize this actually by having him on the show. You might actually get your differences set aside. And, and yeah. that's what I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's completely himself right now. I don't know if there's some – I mean, I know he does a ton of drugs, so I, I don't know if that's uh, – I'm assuming that's playing a big part in this. But, I mean, when you're just an asshole to people nonstop and you just keep digging the hole, like, it's gotten to the point where I almost respect him a little more because it's just, like, so cringe and he's just so ridiculous. Down. You're telling me he's yeah. doubling down on the cringe so you kind of respect it in a weird way. Wow, that's <laughs> exactly, kind of, yeah. yeah that's, that's kind of what I do with these meetings. Like, I'm so cringe. Like, people are like, oh, I like it. Like, you know, you know, is there's that fine line where it's just cringe where you can't watch it because people have that third-party embarrassment. Shay Shay TK, $20, $25 super Love chat. you, Alex Hart. Ooh, Reed you. is awesome. She said Reed is awesome. You can't see it. It's on the screen. She loves you, Thank uh, you. Reed. Uh, and, guys, everybody here, because we're about to wrap things up i want you guys to go and support reed i want you to go to the link in the description i want you to go sub to his channel definitely go watch it, the interview with ron paul that was a huge get that's a big deal that's a guy that actually is influencing change in a good way i mean sadly it's an uphill bottle but the fact that he's giving you a platform though reed that's a lot that says a lot about your future and like you know i don't want to just you know uh you know, be a little bitch ass and kiss your butt the whole time. But, you know, you could be the next Ron Paul. I don't know why not. I mean, you're a blue collar guy because that's what they don't want. They want like the people in power to be like blue collar people that, you know, were handed with a silver spoon in their mouth. And you're not that. So, you, you know, that's you're their biggest fear. So, guys, you support Reed. You're actually supporting a guy that's not going to, uh, you know, just give away our rights under the guise of safety and make your life a living hell. And he's going to fight the new world order. So I kind of want to leave on that. So what do you think about globalization, Reed? How does that fit in your mind? Like, uh, you know, you know, instead of America being a superpower, like I, this is my conspiracy thing. This is, I'm going to leave it on. <coughs> Excuse me. I feel like I have a cold or something, but it comes out of the Bible. Me too. <laughs> this is what I believe the, 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 the plan is. And it comes out of the Bible, uh, Genesis chapter 11, verse 9. If you flip that, that's 9-11. That's just a weird coincidence. But in that, it's the story of the Tower of Babel and Nimrod. And mm-hmm. I know you're not a religious person, but I'm just talking. They they like the I know Bible. it very well, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. so in that, they want to build a kingdom to the Tower of Heaven and kill God. And basically what God does, he says, oh, you speak different languages, and now you guys can't communicate. So what I think is they're literally trying to reverse engineer that, get us under one ruler. They want us all under one you know money system and you know they want us basically speaking one language so that they can control us and that'll be some sort of like satanic evil uh being on earth and, and the reason why i ask you that is like do you think it goes that sinister into like where they can use the bible or do you just think it's just bad people being bad kind of way well i think you know globalization some of it's good some of it's bad like i think trading with everybody is good because that decreases conflict but yeah governments expanding like nato stuff like that that's terrible like no i want i want i mean i'm an anarchist in essence but the next best thing is having as many governments as possible instead of just one because they can't manipulate everybody if you've got all these little different governments all these little different countries all these little different cultures i i don't want us to become one homogenous like you know entity that there's no difference and everybody follows the same ruler or whatever that'd be terrible and i I think that's just the natural state of things is to try to work toward that but then luckily i think also the natural thing is that it breaks apart like you have things like the soviet union or now the american empire or nato and they can only last so long and then they're actually going to start crumbling and fall apart so I'm a little pessimistic, but I'm also optimistic because I don't think it really can work. I don't think there could be a world, a one world government, at least for a very long time. Like maybe eventually people 
will just be so drastically different that they'll go for it. But the way things are now, it just doesn't work. Like it falls apart. You know, communism doesn't work. These big overarching systems just don't last. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I'm sort of pessimistic and sort of optimistic at the same time. Well, that's brilliantly said, actually, because I look at it, too. It's like the bigger the group, the dumber it gets and the less yeah. they're going to be able to control it. So, like, the group would just get so big that they wouldn't even be able to control it, so it would fail. So, you're right. All the systems that, that fail. But then I also look at America has been a democracy for a little over 200 years. It's kind of right. It's kind of ripe for the pickings for America to fail, sadly. So, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope there's more Reed Coverdale's out there kicking ass waking people up and, and like i said working hard a blue collar guy that's not afraid to go put in and pay his dues and that's why you're going to be successful because like all these people in these big nfl contracts when they get their big contract they lay it down Reed, i know with you the more success you get that you're going to work harder you know what i mean so that's what separates you from these prima donna wide receivers that i'm comparing you to so guys Reed, tell them where they can find you and thank you man i really appreciate you coming on the conspiracy castle dude yeah, well, thanks, uh, everyone. I'll have Alex Stein on my show the on Saturday. Yeah. He's going to be uh, on the Four Horsemen with Ryan Dawson. We'll be talking some 9-11 stuff, all sorts of crazy shit. So make sure you check it for that. But, yeah, I have the Naturalist Capitalist podcast. You can follow me on Odyssey, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And you can also buy merchandise at toplobster.com. I got all sorts of stuff there. Just look up toplobster.com and then find the naturalist capitalist section. You can also follow me on Twitter, uh, Instagram and gab getter and float as Reed Coverdale. I'm the only Reed Coverdale and the only naturalist capitalist. So it's very easy to find me. If you can't find Reed, you ain't looking. All right, guys, I'll see you Saturday. The four horsemen. We're going to be with Ryan Dawson. who's a nine 11 expert. I consider myself one myself, so maybe I'll convince you to come on my side of that, uh, you know, as an inside job perpetrated by people within our own government. Who knows? Maybe not. It doesn't matter. I'm just happy that you're a free thinker and that you're even open to it. So, guys, go support Reed. Thank you for all the super chats. It's too many to read. Uh, uh, you know, Carrie C., Matt W., Jeffrey Lyons, Jackman Reddy, of course, Relief Socialman, uh, and Shay Shay TK. Thank you guys for the support. Peace and good night, guys.